0: My name's Andy. Like Heather said, uh, I'm an alumni of Wright State. So Raider up! Oh, I gotta do that again. So I'm an alumni of Wright State. Raider up! That's right. Hey, we didn't even have we didn't have that when I was a student. You know, we just had to like yell or something like that. I remember what we did. So, so this is uh, my our awesome family minus Heather Nye. So it's hard when you have three kids. It's hard to get a picture with everybody. You know, And I don't know Photoshop, so otherwise I would just Photoshop us on either side of it. So in the middle is Adelaide. She This is her first day of second grade, so about a week ago. And uh, so school pictures kind of thing, and so this is outside of our house. And then so Adelaide in the middle, she's like super tall. I think she's the second tallest in her class. So she's either going to play volleyball or basketball, one of those two, or both. And then Finn, we call him Finnian. Can you turn my mic down just a, a tad? Um... Uh, he is three and if you can see on his right hand, he has a cast cause he's just that type of boy. Okay. We knew, we knew Finn would break his arm first or he would break something first. Okay. We just knew it. So he, uh, we don't know how it happened, but it was a combination of things. So he fractured the tip of his finger and then he had a splint on it, but he's a boy. So he's like, forget splints. And then he just kept taking it off on, on the regular. And, uh, so then the doctor said, Hey, we got to put him in a cast. So he has a cast all the way from his poor fingers, All the way to his forearm. Uh, But he loves it because he treats it as a hard boxing glove. And so he just, like, he loves to hit stuff anyway. And and today he was beating on our, like, these two five-gallon drums, like like a drum. And uh, he was just, bam, 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 bam. So he's loving the whole thing. So he's going to get taken off on Friday. And it's going to stink real bad because we don't know what he puts in there and we keep telling him to get out of the water and get out of the sand but i i think i'm going to find some like goldfish and snacks and bugs and uh who knows what we're going to find in there probably my last keys and then on the on the far you're right uh is lucas lucas he just loves life and so his favorite word is oh 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 so we just think he's just like super observant super creative and so even right now he's just showing you something we don't know what he's showing you he's just like Oh, dad, dad, look. He can't say that, but that's what he would say. So Lucas is one, Finn is three, and Addie is going into second grade. So that's our awesome family. You guys will see them. Um, hey, who, who knows? Who, like, has met my kids before? Awesome. So everybody else, you get you will get the privilege soon enough to meet my kids, our kids. They're a ton of fun. So if you guys would turn with me to Matthew 4, we're going to look at a passage in the Gospels. And I think this will work. So in Chi Alpha, we are Bible people, okay? We love the Bible. We love to learn about the Bible. We love to dig into the Bible more and more. And so hopefully you're going to hear a lot of Bible as you come to connection, as you come as you're part of your core groups, so you guys are going to dig into the word more and more because the Bible has God's truth for us. And so tonight we're going to dig into that and see what God can teach us through his word. So Matthew 4, verse, starting in verse 18, and I'm going to be reading out of the NIV. And we don't have, we have the reference up on the screen, but we don't have the um Passage. So if you are sitting next to somebody with a Bible, go ahead and share with them. Uh, if you can pull it up in your phone real quick, go ahead and do that. Matthew 4, starting in verse 18, and I'm reading in the NIV. And just real quick, so this is one of the four Gospels. If you don't know about the Gospels, that's okay. You're learning. We're all learning together. So the Gospels are four cooperative accounts. They're not conflicting accounts. They're cooperative accounts of Jesus's life. So Jesus is so amazing and so famous that we literally have four books of the Bible written just about his life. And that's such a blessing to us. And so this is early on in what we would call Jesus's ministry. Just a little backstory. He just got baptized in water by his cousin, John. Also, he just left being tempted to not just by like Netflix or chocolate or like some of those really difficult things, but the devil himself, okay? So he was tempted by the devil himself, not just that, but after he was fasting for 40 days. So this is a deeply spiritual moment. This is a deeply spiritual moment in the Gospels. This is not just a commonplace. It may seem very subtle. It may seem very everyday, but this is soaked in the supernatural. You guys get me on that? Okay, Matthew... Four, verse 18 it says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother, Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Verse 21 Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. When they were in the boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets, Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and the people brought to him all who were ill and with various diseases, who, those suffering with severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures and paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee and Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across from Jordan followed him. Jesus, thank you so much for your word. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would make it alive to us, that it wouldn't just be words on a page or texts on our phones, God, but that you would speak supernaturally through it. You're a supernatural God. Keep being supernatural here. Thank you for all these students that have gathered and everybody else that's here. God, we welcome them. God, I pray you'd bless them amazingly in their first week of classes or whatever else is going on in their life. God, would you take care of them, be near to them, and Holy Spirit, speak to us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. So I want to highlight a few things for you guys about Jesus in this passage. So maybe you noticed this, maybe you didn't, but in this passage, Jesus called people to radical devotion to him. Those guys left their occupation, they left their dad, and they just straight up followed Jesus. That's what Jesus was calling those men to. Jesus also called his, father, his followers into deeper community with him. And I'll explain that in a moment. And thirdly, Jesus called his followers into a bigger responsibility than just themselves. He said fishers of men, and there's so much to that. Jesus calls people into devotion. He calls them into community. And he calls them into responsibility. And we'll talk about that more in just a minute, but... If it's okay with you, can I share just a little bit of my story? Okay, I didn't get enough yeses, so I'm gonna have to keep going. So, can I share a little bit, just a little bit of my story? Okay, because I love to tell stories. You can talk to my family about that. Okay, Um, so I don't like do I don't I'm terrible, terrible at writing anything. Okay, if you know me, you know like I need like a life grammar check, you know, for my mouth and my, you know, phone and. Apparently Grammarly exists. You guys know what Grammarly is? Like I just need like the full version, the professional version on my life all the time. Okay. So words are not my forte. Okay. That's more my wife's department. Okay. So, but if I were to title this, this version of my story, I'd say big kid with a small God. Okay. So that was me. So I grew up mostly in Ohio, but I've lived in California and I've also lived in Arizona. Anybody lived outside of Ohio? Yes. Hey, let's talk. Ohio is awesome, but there are other great states out there too. Okay. There's mountains. There's like snow that stays for more than three hours. Yeah. It's crazy. And then there's like super hot stuff in Arizona and you're just like, nothing lives down there. Okay. So I used to, I I grew up and I lived in California, Arizona, and I loved being outside. Any like outdoorsy people, like, please don't take me inside. Awesome. Okay. So this is good stuff for you. Anybody like, I don't, I don't even, I'm a little uncomfortable right now. I love the indoors. You're not going to own it. Okay, a few of you. That's okay. Who loves the indoors? All right, a little bit more of you. That's all right. That's all right. Don't worry. We'll take care of you next week. We'll be in the Student Success Center. So I love being outside. I love playing sports, creating things, destroying things, playing with things, all this kind of stuff. My mom and my dad literally named me, they nicknamed me Elmo Destructo. Okay, my parents just come up with very goofy names. So Elmo Destructo, basically because I would take apart things and I didn't feel like putting them back together. Any engineers in the house? Exactly, you feel me. You're like, hey, I love taking it apart. I want to figure it out, but pff, I'm not going to put it back together, right? That's boring, right? Okay, so Elmo Destructo. So if anybody would have asked me if I had a fun life, if I enjoyed my life, I'd say, yes, absolutely. I'm loving my life. I love my family. I love what's happening in my life. I, I'm enjoying what's, what's given to me and the privileges that I have. But honestly, looking back... I like compiled all this fun in my life, and I was thinking about it, and really, I did that to cover up big, challenging questions that I didn't have an answer to. So if I had fun, I didn't have to deal with the difficult stuff. If I had more fun, and I had more fun with more people, then the quiet moments of my heart, and my mind, and my soul, I didn't have to actually acknowledge those, right? Because I just kept having fun, more fun, more sports, the next thing, the next game, I'll just make up a game so I don't have to... You know, sit in silence with myself. So just a couple examples. Because I didn't know my own value, especially in middle school and high school, I'd actually, I found myself bullying other people. Because I thought, man, if I devalue other people, then that must mean that I have more value. And sometimes that's like the economy of high school. Like, hey, if I I down you first, then that makes me better. Or if I down your people or your friends or your whole group first, then that makes me better. But I was struggling with that and I, and I realized it didn't work. It didn't increase my value to decrease the value of people around me. I also had huge questions about God and I honestly didn't have a lot of people that I could ask. I had some friends in my life and I had some mentors in my life, but I never really had anybody that long in my life that I could continue to ask and build those relationships and have those big questions with. So I kind of settled into mediocrity, spiritually speaking. So I was thinking about this, and I and I have, growing up, I kind of had a similar interaction with God. I had a similar interaction with the God of the universe as I did the sun. Okay, this may seem weird, but track me, okay. So you guys know the sun? Can everyone point to the sun? Okay, if you're real smart, you're going to point beh- below this horizon. Landon, you're way off, dude. It's not No, no, okay. Yeah, okay, okay. So... I had a similar interaction with the sun as I did the creator of the universe. So to me, like the sun, even though it's crazy powerful and and epic and like could like if I got close to it, I couldn't handle it. Right. It's massive. It's powerful. It's like unfathomable almost. But it looks so small from my perspective. It's like just a dot. Right. So my interaction with God was similar to that. where like, hey, I would I would use the sun when I wanted to. During the day when I want to play sports and hang out, but then man, at night I just flip on the lights and I play video games with my friends and I'd pound Mountain Dew. Any Mountain Dew pounders out there? Good. Hey, admitting is the first step to recovery. Okay. Good job, everybody. I'm proud of you. Somebody goes like, I'm Red Bull. I'm, I'm high class. Okay. So when I looked around, I was looking around at my friends and the people that I knew in my life and I realized they treated God like the sun too. Or they knew it was out there, but it had no real bearing on their life. They'd acknowledge it, they'd, they'd reference it from time to time, and maybe they'd gather and like, oh yeah, God's out there, God's doing something, but, but really it had no authority in their life, it had no authority in my life. It didn't change my day-to-day routines, it didn't change my heart, my, my soul, what's going on inside of me. So you know how there's like some religions that worship the sun? Am I familiar with that? So I was not a sun worshiper, I was more like, I was mild, I was I a... Was, uh, moderate. I was like a son acknowledger. Okay. So I would acknowledge the son, not really like in a religious way, but like, eh, it's out there, whatever, moving on. So I did the same thing with the God of the Bible even, but I acknowledge God. I acknowledge even Jesus. And I would even often feel guilty at, for not reading the Bible or for not praying enough. So overall, like my life was consumed. Like, I just want to have fun. I just want to do fun things with fun people and enjoy my life. And God's out there, it's the sun, it's distant, doesn't have a lot of bearing in my life, so I was a big kid with a really small God. You guys ever seen the movie Elf? That was like my life, okay, except for the tights and the eating the gum thing, I love Elf. If you wanna like, sometime around Christmas time after Thanksgiving, you know, we gotta wait till Thanksgiving, but like, let's watch Elf together. Maybe we can make an outdoor movie night, you know, we will bundle up, hot chocolate, Elf. No, okay, maybe indoor, indoor, okay. So basically I was like an elf without the tights, okay? But with pants and shorts, okay? So, But I was even attending Christian things. I was going to conferences. I was going to events. But I didn't even know. I had no clue what brotherhood was. I had no clue what it meant to have somebody walking alongside me that we had a deep interaction with that we could challenge each other. I had friends that were Christian, and I claimed to be a Christian, but I had no grasp of biblical brotherhood. Biblical sisterhood, biblical community—I didn't get that at all. But my life was about me. And in case you were wondering, like I did have friends, okay. I had, i even like, you know, highlight of my life—not really, but I—I I became the homecoming queen, queen, king. Oh, that was—that was, a, that was a close one. I became the homecoming king. It was just that not important to my life, okay? So anyway, so but I I had friends. I I ran around with Christians. We acknowledged God, but we were not brothers. We didn't stick together. We weren't deep together. We didn't have like this soul connection that the Bible starts to unpack. My heart was longing for real community, but I didn't even know it. You guys grasp that. My heart, the deep things in me, was longing for something more, but I didn't even – I didn't know how to get it. I didn't know about it. I didn't understand it. I didn't even know it was possible. And then I came to Wright State. So I looked at Cincinnati, and I had a friend that got mugged on the streets of Cincinnati. I know not everybody gets mugged in Cincinnati, but it was my friend. So I was like, well, he's jacked, and I'm not. So I'm not going to last down there. I better go farther north, you know, Whatever. And so uh, I was looking at, I didn't want to go to Hutt State for personal reasons. Um, I looked at Cedarville. Anybody looked at other colleges other than Wright State? Okay, quite a few of you, right? So a friend told me about Wright State, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll check it out. So I walked the campus. I wasn't praying about it. I wasn't listening to God, but to me, it just felt right. I was like, hey, it's big enough. It's not too It's not too small. It's, it's not too big. Like, I like the campus. I like the feel. You can get around the tunnels, people. Okay. Can, uh, can I have a show of hands? Like, who's like, is your first year or maybe your first time at Chi Alpha, like a big Chi Alpha event. Hey, give it up for them, will you guys? The bold people among us, great job. Hey, you will get to experience the tunnels if you have not already. Okay, the nasty days of Ohio winter, you are going to be so grateful for the tunnels, right? An alumni or Veterans, upperclassmen, you guys know what I'm talking about? Okay. Hey, if you live in the ham, you barely even have to wear pants. I mean, you just need to wear shorts. And then you can just get to the tunnels and then you're good to go. And then you just kind of run like 10 feet and then you gotta go back, you know, you're you're all good with that, okay? So for me, when I came to Wright State, I wasn't looking for community, though my heart longed for it. Does that make sense? I didn't think I needed brotherhood, but I actually did need brotherhood. I had some friends, I thought I was thinking I was planning on making some more friends. I actually got invited to Chi Alpha by a friend. And I walk down the, wrath, the stairs to the rat skeller. Who knows where the rat scalar is or the rat? Okay. So I walk down the stairs. That's where Kayaufa used to be. This is the second week, okay? Because I was I just didn't know about it the first week somehow. Um, so I walk down the stairs and I meet this girl, and she had really cool like Princess Leia buns, right? Like the hair buns. That's what I'm talking about. Okay? Don't don't go there. Okay. So c- cool. Princess hair buns. And she was super energetic. She's super happy. She's like, hi, welcome to Chi Alpha. And you know what I thought? I was like, man, she is so into me. <laughs> Cause remember, I'm just a big kid, small God, the whole world revolves around me. Okay. So that's so like, so we talked for a little bit. I don't remember what she said. I probably don't remember her name at that point. So I go inside to the room. I probably look for more girls, you know, that were obviously into me at the time. Um, That's the type of guy I was. And uh, so we stayed around there. And so I only remember two things from my first Chi Alpha. me. remember this is the second week. I remember the girl with the Princess Leia buns that was really energetic and nice. And I remember looking around, seeing a bunch of students that were not forced to be there. There was no parents there. This is not an obligation. Nobody was getting paid to be there that I knew. And I looked around and I thought, wow, these people look way more hungry for God than I am. And honestly, it confused me. I didn't have a box to put it in. I thought their God is not just this little sun out in the distance. Their God seems very close. Their Jesus seems passionate. Their Jesus seems real. Their Jesus seems like somebody they love to get to know and they love to talk about. I was like, I don't love to talk about Jesus. I don't want to go to hell, but I don't. I'm not passionate with my life about who God is and who Jesus is, and the redemption that comes from Him. So I was really wrestling with this, and so honestly, I thought they were faking it. I mean, I saw people really worshiping, like they were raising their hands and they were singing. I'm like, that's not the song we're singing. Like, you got to go with the words. Come on, like I'm the Christian. Like, come on, this is the chorus. You know, don't sing your own song. We all do this together. So, so I'm thinking that they're faking it. But then I had to realize either they're faking it or I'm missing something deeply. And let me tell you that I found out pretty quickly that they were not faking it. So my freshman year, I was walking on right State, and I didn't know it, but my, f- my soul was slowly falling asleep. And through Chi Alpha, God awakened my soul. Through Chi God used a community of students that I barely knew to awaken things in my soul that I had no idea were asleep or dormant or even dead. It was awesome. It was invigorating. It was challenging. I saw people that were passionate, that were crazy, that loved Jesus. I, my, Some of my favorite things, I met guys that were passionate about Jesus and tackled super hard on the football field. Like would, like, drop their shoulder, lay into you, and then lay on you and just, like, wait till the play is over. And they're like, I'm just going to rest for a little bit, okay? So that's what these type of guys – so, oh, this is a great picture. So on the far right, that's me, okay? This is my favorite beanie. And then in the middle is a guy named Josh and then Dylan. This is one of our many, many football games that we would play. Basically, we were all, like, on campus on Fridays. We're like, what do you want to do? Let's just play Let's play football. So we would knock Hamilton Hall all the doors and be like – Hey, you want to play football? Yeah. Okay, we just come on out. So we just get random people all the time to come play football. We didn't care what the weather was. We tore up those intramural fields all the time. It was awesome. And we had people that had no clue how to play, and they were playing with us. Like, I remember talking to this one guy named Jason. We're like, Jason, you can't tackle me when I don't have the ball. Some some here is like, what's wrong with that? That's not. That's a rule in football. You cannot tackle somebody when they don't have the ball. So we had to explain it. Okay. So that's the gamut we were working with. Okay. So. The guys that I knew were passionate about Jesus. One guy was so stinking passionate about Jesus, he busted his lip open, and he had to... Oh, sorry, that's just football. Okay, but he was passionate about Jesus, too. So he busted his lip open, a hole in his lip, playing football. He worked at the library, and then it swelled up. He had to get stitches, and it was, like, all dried and nasty. And so you'd walk by the library, and obviously it's quiet in the library, and you'd hear... Because it was just like, it was Nat. It was like drooling and like his lip was huge. Okay, but, okay, that guy was Josh. That was the guy with the beard. Okay, the middle beard dude guy. Okay. We actually called him Beard because he was one of the few people that gr- could grow a beard. But Josh was one of my friends that I met in Chi Alpha. And man, he was crazy passionate about Jesus. And he loved the word. He He would just say things like, hey, man, if it's in the Bible, I just want to do it. If the Bible tells me to do that, I want to obey that. I'm like, who thinks like that? I was, I was like, judgmental, and then I got over myself, and I was like, man, I'm impressed. This guy is so passionate about Jesus, and stayed passionate about Jesus. When he graduated, he proposed to his then girlfriend, made made her, her, his fiance, and said, hey, baby, I'm gonna marry you a year, but I made a commitment to be a missionary to the Middle East for, for 12 months. So when I'm gonna go fulfill my commitment to God. And then when I come back, I'm going to go fulfill my commitment to you, and we're going to be married. He was that type of passionate. And they're still married, and they have two beautiful kids, and I had tacos with them two weeks ago. Tacos. It was awesome. But these are the type of brothers that I didn't even know that I needed. Josh challenged me in ways that I didn't even understand at first. Dylan was challenging me in ways that I, I didn't even know that I needed challenge. Here I come to thinking, man, my, my God is super small off in the distance, but I'm pretty good. But these people are like crazy passionate about loving Jesus and loving the Holy Spirit and loving the Father. And that stirred up good things in my soul. I met guys like Jason Seidler, who now leads Chi Alpha at UD with his wife, Dan Sundersing. One of my best friends, Jason Thompson, was a missionary to China. Now he's back with his awesome wife and family. They challenged me, but they cared for me and they fought for me. They challenged me how to pray. They challenged me how to worship, how to value the word. Still to this day, they're challenged to me. I text these guys regularly and I call them and I meet with them as often as I can because I value the brotherhood that God has gifted between us. And these are just normal guys that met together in Chi Alpha. Through, community, through the community of Chi Alpha, I found out that God, the God of the Bible is way more supernatural than I thought he was. And he's also way more personal than I thought he was. Like I said before, through Chi Alpha, God awakened my soul. He awakened it to him, and he awakened it to community. God taught me that my soul really was longing for biblical community, and I didn't even know it. That my soul was longing to run the race along other people. When my whole life I was just running solo as a big kid with a small God. Now let me ask you guys this. Does your soul need others to run with? Maybe this is like three days into your classes of your freshman year. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa I'm just this is like syllabus week. I'm not ready for that question. <laughs> Does your soul need others to run with? Maybe you're here tonight, and your soul is slowly falling asleep, just like mine was. Can I encourage you that you can find brothers in this group that can awaken deep things in you? that can help you become the man of God that you never thought possible. Maybe you're here tonight and you're red hot for Jesus. You're red hot for God and you're like, I just need people to run with, otherwise I'm going to explode. Like, I'm already running, people got to catch up. Maybe that's you tonight and let me encourage you, we want to run with you. It is better to run together. Maybe you're here. And you have no clue where your soul is. You don't know the state of your soul. You don't think about your soul. That question is challenging to you. Maybe you don't know the God of the Bible. When we talk about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, maybe that's a challenge to you. Like, I don't even know if I believe that. Can I just tell you that we as a community are here to walk with you as you figure that out? As you ask those difficult questions, because Jesus invited difficult questions, and I believe that smart people ask questions, we are here to walk through those things with you, ask those questions, wrestle with those hard things, be messy, show your faults to the people around you. That's okay to do here. I can't speak for every other community, but I can definitely speak for Chi Alpha. Hey, we're a mess sometimes. We're actually a mess a lot of times sometimes. Maybe that's just me. I don't know if you guys it's like we perfectly place I you know, I, I perfectly place this projector screen right in the only area that the light actually shined through the trees. Do you guys notice that? Everything else is shaded back here except for our, the projector screen, which I put up, okay? <laughs> We're a little bit of a mess. But we say life is messy, ministry's messy, Kyle is messy, but you can be your you can bring your mess, we'll bring our mess, we'll be, have a mess party, okay? Maybe you don't know where your soul is, or you don't know the state of your soul. And I don't know if you agree with this or not, but i just like to share that God tells us in his word that he created humans. He created you and I, and he also tells us that all of us have rebelled against a perfect creator God. And because of that, we're broken eternally and spiritually and unfixable broken. But God created or God enabled one fix, only one fix, and that's himself through Jesus on the cross. He took the penalty of our rebellion on his back, on his shoulders, the nails in his hands. Jesus took the punishment for us, and if we accept that and we give authority back to our creator then we can have a restored relationship with our God. If you are not there tonight and you want to be there tonight, I would love to talk to you. Heather, could you raise your hand real quick? Would you go find Heather or I at the close of service? We would love to talk with you. If you want to pray to commit that to Jesus, we'd love to do that. If you just want to ask some deeper questions, that's okay. You can do that too. We would love to help you start that journey tonight. So talking about the soul, talking about the fun, too. Hey, we are all about having fun, too. We're like a few minutes away. I'm almost going to release you guys to go have a lot of fun. Popsicles, bomb ball. I've never even played bomb ball. Who's played bomb ball? Great. Okay, you can like teach me or something like that. So when we're talking about Kai Alpha, God created fun, and he wants to ha- wants us to have fun. Okay, so we are all about having a ton of fun here, but we're also about having a great purpose with what we do. So that verse in Matthew, remember that verse I talked about when Jesus is calling those men out of the boat? He tells us about those three things, real devotion, real community, and real responsibility. Real devotion is about our whole sold-out nature to God. If we want a healthy soul, we need that. Real community is about real brotherhood, real sisterhood, having deep depth, not just skin-deep friends, but soul-deep community. That's what real community is about. And real responsibility is what he told those guys say, hey, I'm going to make you fishers of men. You can stop fishing for little tiny fish. I'm going to have you fish for souls. That's the real responsibility that we get from our God. It's way bigger than us. Real devotion, real community, real responsibility. Those are the three anchors that we walk through and that we always go back to in our lives with God. So let me give you a quick example. So how do we live out community? That's the only anchor I'm going to talk about tonight. How do we live out real community in our life? And in Chi Alpha, it's all about the core groups. So core group leaders, can you guys raise your hand for me? We're giving you guys a workout tonight, so thank you. So core groups are an essential, you can put them down, you're essential elements of what we do with real community. They're not just Bible studies. They're about the brotherhood. They're about the football field. They're about busting your lip open and laughing about it. They're about living life in depth together. They're about digging into the word together. They're about real relationship with somebody that matters and somebody that can challenge you. I don't know about you guys, but I need people to challenge me. I need somebody to call me out. I don't like it all the time, but I need it, right? So our hope for core groups is that you would develop such a brotherhood and such a sisterhood that those would be the people that stand up in your wedding. Wouldn't that be awesome? You may be sitting here next to somebody tonight that is going to stand up in your wedding because God is going to knit something together that's supernatural over the next few years and you could be lifelong brothers or lifelong sisters. That would be our hope. We're not just about studying the Bible. We're about living out the Bible. Amen? So can I... I, We have a picture. This is of our friends Ulysses and Rihanna. I think it's the the wedding picture. I think we have it up there. There we go. Oh, look at that. So this is Rihanna on the right and Ulysses on the left. And so I don't know if my mic cord is going to be able to let me do this, but you don't know this. Okay, but these... These two awesome people, they met in high school. They were dating together. I think you guys are here tonight. Ulysses, can you raise your hand? Yeah. Somebody just yeeted you. Ryan are you here? Can you raise your hand? Okay. I totally put them on the spot. I asked them if I could do this today. So, But you said yes. So, Okay. So they knew each other in high school. They're dating together in high school, right? Okay. So all these guys, Ulysses, met in Chi Alpha. Adam, Mark, Stephen, and John. All these guys, Ulysses met in Chi Alpha, and on the right side, Kimberly, Whitney, and Brianna, you exclusively met in Chi Alpha, and you kind of knew Mary a little bit beforehand. Is that kind of correct? Okay, you've known since elementary, but everybody but one person was like, you met in college, you met in Chi Alpha. I'm not saying that's the standard for your marriage, okay? So you guys are just, you're just like shooting over the moon. I love it, Okay. But this is the type of brotherhood and sisterhood that we're going for in core groups, in the community, in Chi Alpha. We love to worship Jesus. We love to have fun, but we believe that our souls need others to run with. Does that make sense? So, as I close, I just want you guys to consider one question Does your soul need others? Does your soul need others to run with? How you answer that question will shape the next few years of your life and really the rest of your life. But you have an opportunity this semester, this night, to do something about it. The Bible is clear that we were not designed to run alone. Adam and Eve walked with God together. Moses led Israel with Aaron. David had Jonathan as an incredible confidant. Jesus didn't just call Simon Peter out of the boat. He called Simon Peter's brother and two other brothers. Basically, Jesus made a small group of guys that were rough and struggling at times. But he called them to walk together. core group leaders, would you guys stand up for me? And maybe you guys could, uh, when when we break, maybe you guys could spread out. So I'm just going to, in a moment, ask you guys, and we may need some core group leaders down here as well. I'm just going to ask you guys, not a response, not to come to the altar, not to necessarily pray with Heather or I, but I'm just going to ask you guys just to find one of these friends that you know, and they're just going to pray over you. It's not going to be a long prayer. It's not going to be... You know, it's just going to be a a powerful starting prayer for the rest of your semester, the rest of your college career here, okay? So in a moment, I'm just going to ask you guys to do that. And then afterwards, we're going to have an after party. That sound good? So my encouragement for you guys is just that question. Does your soul need others to run with? Does your soul need others to run with? So let me pray, and as I pray, you guys can actually find any core group leader. You just go with them, and then core group leaders, if you guys can then pray, and I'll give you instructions further. That sound good? Okay, so I'm going to start praying, and you guys can go ahead and meet a core core group leader as you like. Jesus, thank you so much for all that you're doing tonight. God, I pray that you would bless these students. I pray that you would bless what you're doing. God, we thank you that we get to be out here in a wonderful, awesome or amphitheater with wonderful weather. God, I pray that you would knit these people together. God, that you would make us brothers and sisters for you. Jesus, we welcome your presence. Holy Spirit, we welcome biblical community here. And we ask for that in the name of Jesus. Amen.